unfortunately. Yeah. Even though I don't think the motive was such, you know, but you know, often, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think doubling back to, um, I mean, we're, we're kind of on this topic anyway. You mentioned, mm. you know, HSC really shouldn't be the end goal. And, yeah. you know, I think it's, it's really interesting because uh, we talk a lot about goal setting after high school, mm. which I think makes a lot of sense. I kind of have a, my thought on this situation, mm. which it's purely my opinion, sure. um, is I feel like I understand why students struggle to set goals and have these frameworks in high school because <clears> it's almost like they're not, there are not many good goals to have automatically. Like I feel yeah. like there are some things that make for bad goals and if I had to like define like a criteria for what makes like a good or bad goal, I think so many of these typical goals we set for ourselves in high school they're very like arbitrary yeah. and sometimes they're out of our control. Yeah. So it's like, like if you're aiming for an ATAR, if you're aiming for a, like a certain rank, not everyone can get that rank or there are other factors out of play that can affect your marks. Whereas yeah. all these goals we set for ourselves in our adult life, um, it's more just often the time frame is a lot more like flexible. Often it's really a, a better reflection of ourselves. It's not like you can just get unlucky and someone steals your position, I think. Yeah. So, um, I think that's the other thing, which like I would I would probably theorize or say to like students, um, don't yeah like some goals are, are just goals not worth having because mm. just you, you yeah. especially with like HC related stuff if you can't guarantee it then you're just pushing yourself down a path and it might not even be your fault if yeah. it fails. I'll give you a consulting framework if oh, yeah. you want it if you want a consulting <laughs> framework to think about goals and you want to be a lot more like robust in thinking yeah, yeah, about yeah. goal setting you know it's uh there's a really famous one i think from mckinsey which is uh the acronym smart mm-hmm. and five letters for five words um specific uh measurable uh actionable uh realistic and time bound mm-hmm. so whenever you're thinking about a goal is it smart yeah, yeah. and like you said i think you, you you touched on a few of those points like mm. when you said is if the goal is arbitrary uh, then it's probably not uh, actionable. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's not specific enough. Yeah, yeah, it's and like you said about time, where it's you know a pretty loose thing. You know, it's not time bound. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, I think thinking about goals and whether they're smart uh, is a helpful framework. I think for kids to think about. You know, yeah. To in order to define that it is a legitimate goal. Mm. You no, know? it, it's like if if the kid said if a high school if a year twelve high school kid said oh I just want a uh, 99 ATAR. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I, that's pretty specific. That's pretty, uh, 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 I, I suppose it's actionable. Is it realistic? <laughs> <laughs> Is it time bound? Yeah, I think it's time bound. It's probably, it may not be realistic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, but yeah, uh, I think the problem tends to be that, you know, I, th- I think what I would say is uh, having those end goals are, uh, uh, are in and of itself it's not bad mm. but it tends to be that uh it's it's not it's actually not specific enough yeah like how do you get to an atar of 99.95 well okay it's like you need probably some specific subject mark mm. for each of the different hsc courses you know you may need a certain rank in your school like and i think like yeah it means having sub goals underneath your, <laughs> your ultimate goal uh which is just as important when it comes to goal setting uh that I think maybe kids kids may struggle with doing that. 
uh, because it's it's about second, third order level thinking. It's like going beyond level one to like level two, level three, level four, mm. you know, like second derivative, third right. derivative, fourth derivative. <laughs> yeah. And well, not a lot of kids will like to, you know, like like to think about goals that way. Yeah. <laughs> it's very mentally consuming. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I think that's often the blind spot for a lot of mm. high school kids is, yeah, their, their goals aren't smart enough and they don't break down goals deep mm. enough. Yeah, yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a really good point. The other thing I'll, I'll mention mm. on that topic, I always say to all my students anyway, but I'll, mm. I'll say it again. Um, I always find when it comes to that specific example, which is um, not exactly what you mentioned in terms of breaking it down, but in terms mm. of like a really simple rule that I think has always worked for myself mm. and I recommend for students, if you don't want to think about it too hard, I change the goal. Instead of achieving like a certain mark or a certain rank in a subject, it's more so I want to feel comfortable with the subject. I want to yeah. um, feel ready to sit the exam. I often find, particularly with science, where the, mm. the ceiling is quite high in terms of like, if you understand the science, like everything in the syllabus, and, and you're yeah. like really confident you can deal with it, you're practically state rank level anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always tell them like, if you set on that goal, I think it's healthier, it makes a lot more sense, and you'll probably accidentally surpass your original goal if you're aiming for something like just a random mark yeah. <laughs> a lot earlier. Um, yeah, at least that's like a really simple way I like to bring up that specific example. It sounds like aiming for 100% and you'll still be happy with 90% if yeah, you land there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it's also, I think to your point, uh, yeah, what I like about what you said is it's, yeah, there doesn't seem to be as much of a focus on like a specific number, mm. you know. I, I, I think as it, because I think, yeah, that's, that's often what happens is I think people get disappointed when they don't hit that number. Yeah. And but I think the on, on, in the biggest scheme of things, like I, I think I think you'd be a more successful student if you came out of your chemistry subject like feeling comfortable talking about chemistry, mm-hmm. feeling like you've actually learned something and can remember it. Yeah. yeah. Know, for example, I had a great tutor, you know, in Sydney Science College, you know, Joey Sal, and yeah. um, you know he he you know was a good tutor in the sense that never really. Uh, gave too many you know pushes on getting a certain mark or a certain rank in school but was more just interested about like helping us to go out into the world in whatever field that is business or science or or engineering or whatever and and so seeing where chemistry could be applied mm. um, and you know for a good good example i i think i gave yeah, yeah, yeah. a while back was you know like uh, as an investor um, <clears throat> one of the companies that I looked at was a fertilizer company called Incitec Pivot in Australia. Uh, IPL is the tick code. And um, that was a business that makes fertilizers, but also makes explosives. And you only understand why they can do that. If you understand the harbor process, which is something you learn um, in, in the optional yeah. uh, in the optional module. At least this was back in my time. I don't know if yeah. it's changed anymore. But yeah, I guess just to clarify, chemistry, for the, yeah. I'll clarify for the listeners really quickly. <clears throat> You'll probably see it in module five for chemistry as a... Like, some teachers like use it as a case study or an example for questions. If not, module eight, there's a bit of industrial chemistry in there. So you'll see at the end of your talk. Um, but it's still in there, is the point. Oh, I'm glad to hear <laughs> yeah. that because, yeah, you yeah. know, for us, you know, we had four modules, I think, or, or actually it could be more, but there was an optional module mm. and it was industrial chemistry. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, you learn about the harbor process, like mm. mi- mixing nitrogen, hydrogen, make NH3, like ammonia. And yeah, it's only through making ammonia do you realize, like, yeah, it's actually really flexible. You could yeah. use it to make both fertilizers, uh, but you can also use it to make like explosives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and Instatech Pivot, yeah, uses the harbor process every day. And you realize, uh, for, for me, I find it fascinating just understanding like that equation is yeah. what 
<laughs> helps those companies uh, be able to operate at scale yeah. and to be able to provide low-cost fertilizers and explosives. <laughs> so, yeah, and that was a stock that uh, that uh, I held a while back ago, but and, yeah, it's done well. Uh, so, yeah, uh, you know, who, who would have thought, you know, chemistry could be useful, <laughs> even for an investor. Yeah, yeah. That's such a good point. I really hope to, like, even expand my own chemistry knowledge to appreciate mm. more of these things because there's another example. So I, I am not as versed with, with stock picking. So I haven't That's seen right. any That's examples right. myself. Yeah. Um, but I know sort of more in like my personal life, I know that uh, looking into things like sort of like either like skincare mm. or looking into like food chemistry or something yeah. like that. There are times when you're like, oh, like I know what's like I know what's on the bottle here, yeah. and it's like I know they're BSing me, <laughs> you, know, like, you know, like that's really interesting, and like yeah. I think I'm still a little bit um behind like the full confidence step where it's like you need a bit more specialized knowledge in that field in particular and a bit more yeah. medicine knowledge, but I can see where like like if I knew more of this stuff, I could that legitimately could benefit my life where like I'm more well informed to make decisions like consumer decisions. I'm really interested in in sort of um talking about the concept of mentors mm. um i think uh definitely yeah. want to know a lot more about it in the sense that i think if there's any industry where it sounds like having like having having mentors and mentees mm. is a lot more of like a commonly established thing it's definitely sort of in that more like, like business sort of like corporate world um in pretty much all other industries mm. i I don't really hear about it. It's it's a lot more like informal. Yeah, um, yeah, you're right. But even yeah. he- heck, even um, you, 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 to your point about even in business, business uh, is it still like it's uncommon? not actually. Yeah, right. it's it's not often talked about. Like, I've got a lot of friends in university who did commerce, and you know they always raise their eyebrows when I tell them, "Oh yeah, I'm meeting up with my mentor." Yeah, like, right. What? right. Like, <laughs> it's like, do, you mean your friend? Or, <laughs> but no, yeah, it, heck, it was surprising. Even in business, a lot of people don't talk about having mentors, and I think. People, people, just young people don't really have mentors. Yeah, <laughs> they frankly don't talk about it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really that was that was really um, interesting to hear because I was definitely I was definitely wondering about that. Um, you know, like like with Michael's with your situation, mm. like are you like even like an outlier even with like among that sort of business background? And it Probably. definitely definitely sounds like it. Yeah, yeah, I would say you know like oh my goodness, I. Uh, I, I, I probably know, you know, of 10 people, mm. say maybe one or two who would have mentors. Yeah. Like, so it's like 80, 90% of people don't have or don't care or don't want or yeah. just don't know. <laughs> and, you know, for me, I, I've been really, I'm a big believer in mentors. You know, I now have four mentors. <laughs> Some might say I'm crazy now. Like I'm trying to, but in a lot of ways, I'm trying to build a moat of yeah. mentors. You know, this idea of, you know, like a castle, having a moat around it, being an act of defense know in a lot of ways i think my mentor is a very defensive network for me uh who cover me in different blind spots that i may have in life um and yeah i i believe that having mentors is really great because yeah they, they don't only just cover your blind spots but i think you know if i think as well it can all be very synergistic particularly if they know each other mm. it gets even better yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. because then they can pass feedback onto each other and because yeah. they understand who i am and you know everyone understands who who, who each other is <laughs> um but yeah i i've been so blessed and I, i've been very thankful that you know uh it's not just for me now you know, at 25 years old i never would have thought you know if you told me five years ago when i was 20 that i'd be mentoring people yeah, and this has now been like the next step for me is actually building a motor of mentees. Mm. And I, I mentor currently two university kids 
who I shouldn't say kids, they're adults. Uh, <laughs> to one, one, one's a one's a lady and one's a male, and and that I've, I've I've had really great opportunities to be able to give back mm. what I've been passed down to, yeah, yeah, and continue passing it on. But I think you know you don't have to be twenty five years old to be a mentor. I, I genuinely believe that people of all ages should be mentors to others, but then they should also be mentees mm. to to their mentors. Yeah, um, and I think. I think that's something that I really wish I had when I was in high school because yeah. yeah, there were times where I struggled in, in high school with, you know, well, it's like, how much should I study? Or it's like, you know, what should I be doing after high school? Like what, what, what HR do I need for yeah. a certain university course? And it's like a lot of stuff like this that doesn't really get answered by anyone. Your mom and dad don't really know, particularly the immigrant parents, mm. you know, teachers don't have time for you. Uh, your friends are on the same boat and probably asking the same question. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I just wish I had. No mentors younger, um, yeah. but very thankful now that I probably figured it out earlier than other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm definitely uh, really interested to see like what sort of strides I can make in that sort of um, aspect of I guess my life as well, mm. like going forward. Um, I think definitely... in some ways you're doing that in Atlas already, right? Yeah. I think in a lot of ways, you know, I think like at the beginning, I think I think you told you told me in the in your lessons you try to use the first fifteen minutes to yeah. build rapport with kids. Yeah. And, it's not. It's not about chemistry. It's about hmm. relationship, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, with the student, and I think that's yeah, it's great. It's not just yeah. following a textbook and just getting <laughs> yeah. things and yeah, <laughs> and then off you go after two hours, like so, yeah, yeah. I think that's really true. which is very transactional. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Rather <laughs> than relational, right? Yeah, yeah. I think I think more so on my front, I'm still looking a lot more for like people to sort of be mentors to me in that sense, because yeah, there's like a few people in uni, particularly in terms of like subject area um because like in terms of like business and like thinking about how to run things yeah um that's good like like you've you've provided really good advice on that well, in like, some ways you could yeah. think of me as a mentor or an advisor yeah. or a friend just really yeah yeah and you know like that's so valuable and the thing that i know i'm still missing is sort of like an expert that's like in the world of like purely chemistry or like in the academic yeah. world um and it's partially because like, i think it's less established mm. in that industry everyone's already overworked so i think it's hard for them to yeah, find time yeah. um but yeah that's something i'm holding out on i'm like the other thing is also like i don't have like a formal position i mean any of these people's research groups so i don't well, want to like intrude too much because it's like yeah 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 it's awkward yeah <laughs> um but yeah that's something i'm hoping in the next few years um especially when i get to stuff like like doing my honors or maybe mm. my phd later when i'm actually under someone properly um hopefully we can find someone where like i can have that sort of um mentor relationship can i just weigh in this yeah, is yeah. why where i would say uh sometimes you don't have to wait mm. like my view is that you know like i mean i didn't even think about having a mentor yeah. when i was when i met albert hall for the first time you know mm. it was really at the end of that yum cha that i decide <laughs> this guy gels with me understands who i am i trust him yeah, yeah. and then i just asked him on the spot but i, I think typically you know it, I, I think the the thing you should think about if you if you're ever looking for a mentor is mm. is thinking about well how can I add value to them first mm. yeah, yeah, yeah and then they'll add value to you yeah. yeah if you if you just come to them asking them to be a mentor I think that's not really a yeah. selling proposition the best thing to do I think is to help them in some way whether that's like research that or maybe there's some admin work in data that they need to do and they don't want to do it but yeah. you you raise your hand to do it yeah and after doing that build trust mm. you like him he likes you. He or she likes you, and then yeah, ask, yeah. and then you develop a mentor mentee relationship. That that's yeah. I think the the way you should go. Um, and yeah, 
uh, yeah, I wouldn't say you should you should hold yourself back. In, in fact, if you if you know like academics that you could maybe help or support or, or that you admire, I yeah. think you should. I think you should start having coffee <laughs> now. Yeah, and yeah, just getting to know them better. In fact, I think often the times is you know sometimes your heroes uh, may not actually be good mentors. Mm. I, I think that's something also to be wary of uh, for people. Yeah. yeah, yeah, sometimes <laughs> you, you, you shouldn't meet your heroes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think, I, think, I think the characteristics of trust, integrity, and, and respect are all important. And if you see that in, your, in, in, a, in a potential mentor, then that person probably should be your mentor. Yeah. Is what I would say. And come to them adding value to them first before they add value to you. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a really good reminder for me and also a good, I think, piece of advice for the listeners. Um, it's good to hear because I think that's definitely... I think that's something I've kind of been like unconsciously doing in the sense that like, yeah, like I always thought like, eh, it's a bit iffy if I ask too much of these guys right now, but a lot of the meetings and chats I've tried to set up with them, it's stuff where I'm like, I know you're working on this. Um, I kind of want to help out on that front, potentially like through Atlas as well, where we can yeah. both mutually benefit. So hopefully if they see the value in that, maybe yeah. that would be similar. Yeah. Stuff, and you, yeah. yeah, develop a relationship and you like this person, then yeah. Yeah. You'll go for it. I think it's it's also um, a good reminder to know that I think for these mentors, it's 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 also you know I think it's it's difficult to uh, uh, I think think about uh, what you want to <clears throat> sometimes what you want to achieve in a mentor mm. you know with a mentor I think it's it, it's it's also important to ask yourself why you need a mentor as well first yeah <laughs> yeah because I think if you can't answer that question yeah then that's probably you need, probably need to do a bit more soul searching before you mm. come to someone yeah yeah because yeah. I think I think then it gets kind of too vague <laughs> um but yeah uh for, for listeners out there, it's uh don't just find a mentor think about why you need a mentor first <laughs> before yeah. you approach anybody but yeah, that's my two cents on that. One thing I, I guess that sort of relates to this in terms of uh, being held accountable and sort of like getting, you know, a little bit of, a, I guess, more of an objective view of things. Mm. Um, I'm wondering if like any of that has sort of played a role at like certain points in your life where you maybe were about to make a misstep or, or already made a, a bit of one and, and you felt like um, some advice, either from mentors or even just from your general framework, like if you got, yeah. if some red flag helped you realize that you're about to like make a mistake in that sense, if anything like that has, has come up in the past? Yeah, that's a good question. I, there have been definite, definite examples I can think of uh, where, you know, I think it, there are, there, you know, the, the, the simplest example I can think of is actuarial studies. Mm, you know, okay, yeah. Where, you no, know, I had the ATAR for it, you know, and, and that was the mistake. <laughs> I was thinking that because I have X ATAR, I should choose the 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 university course with X ATAR requirement. Mm. And because otherwise, I'm just wasting my ATAR. Yeah, you know, picking something that's like eighty ATAR or something. Um, but you know, that was a serious misstep <laughs> because. And I can think if I went down that road, yeah, I would have wasted so much time. Mm. Um, and I probably would have spent you know, thousands of dollars every sem- semester on a subject that I didn't want to do mm. and wouldn't even be useful for in my career. Yeah. And, you know, I was, you know, very lucky in the sense that I, I, I was very clever about yeah, at the time sitting, you know, after that first week of, mm-hmm. of, of a math, I think one, one, five, one lecture, I hated it. <laughs> and I went back home and I, 
very simply just wrote down uh, a a pros and cons list. Uh, very simple, you know, pros on one side, cons on the other side. Thinking about what are the pros and cons of this actuarial studies <laughs> course that I'm doing, and I realized. I was putting a lot more cons than I was pros. Yeah. And, and it was that simple exercise that basically convinced me to, to drop that uh, second degree. Yeah. Uh, but at the time, it was actually very scary. Yeah. Like, for, I think because a lot of us um, in high school who come into university with thinking that, oh, more is always better. You think, why not? You know, why, why one degree when I can do two degrees? Mm-hmm. You know, and you think, oh, this is two is always better than one, right? Um, and, you know, that was the consensus at the time for me, was thinking, oh, no, if I drop this actuarial studies degree, you know, this will be the end of me because yeah. all I have is a commerce degree. But, no, I think in the end of the, at the end of the day, I, thought, I trusted my gut feeling and I did, some, I did something systematically, even though it was so simple, which was just rank, rating the pros and cons of what yeah. I was doing. And I made, a, I made a decision that I actually think is probably one of the best investment decisions I've ever made in my life, <laughs> which is often actually... Uh, 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 omissions rather than commissions. It's, right. it's actually not doing something can mm. actually be a very good decision. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and for me, it was not doing actuarial studies yeah. and focusing only on commerce, which was actually relevant to what I was going to do later in life, which was yeah. picking stocks in a hedge fund. So <laughs> I didn't need an actuarial study degree for that. Doesn't mean, yeah, doesn't mean, you know, it wouldn't be helpful, but, you know, I didn't need it to get to where I wanted to be. Yeah. So, yeah. I'd say that was a, you know, it was a one-week misstep mm. <laughs> in the sense that I went for one week. Yeah. But I was very clever to, to, to do something about it, to act and, and make a decision. And this is something I don't know if you want to talk about, but this idea of the Pareto rule, you know, mm. 80-20, which is, you know, uh, I think for me in this case, that you know, like I maybe had like 80% of the of the information there's like 20% I didn't know right like when it came to like actual studies or maybe if I continued on you know I would end up here yeah you know, or there um but I think you realize that yeah it's it's often in these times of making decisions you know uh, uh and being being able to be comfortable with that you know not knowing everything you know, yeah. being comfortable with 80% rather than <laughs> and not knowing 20% of it and that's yeah. okay you can still make a good decision mm. with with only 80% of the information and not 100% yeah and and you just have to be comfortable with the 20% that you don't know uh, that's something I, I, I encourage people to think about uh, particularly <laughs> if they're doing goal setting as well is, yeah yeah because yeah, there's a lot of things you won't know yeah. um, because no one has a crystal ball no one can claim that they know the future mm. but at the same time you don't have to necessarily know everything in order to make a good decision I'd say, and the Pareto rule is one way to think about that. Yeah, mm. yeah, I think that's a really good example because it's like a, like in the grand scheme of things, it was yeah. it was just one week, but yeah. like it altered it, it the was, trajectory of yeah. What I ultimately think I would have headed like hundred percent. Yeah, and you imagine there were a lot, there would have been a lot more people who probably had the same experience as you and and kept with it. Yeah, but then they actually dropped the the sec- the second degree like you know for with actual studies in the first after the one year or after mm. two years or after heck three years yeah yeah think about all the money you spent spent <laughs> and wasted yeah. yeah I think it's it, it's and there are many other examples of that and it sort of fits in the theme of like you were saying just going for like the highest ATAR option that's available mm. to you I always hear examples of like someone who like picks up like I think the classic combo that just like doesn't make sense no matter how smart you are it doesn't make sense as uh combined engineering and law degree 
Yeah. I was like, that's, why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. Unless you're like the legal department of an engineering firm. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't see yeah. the synergies. That I don't. Is, I just don't. That one is, is insane. But like, and it's always, um, a lot of people then just drop down to just one of them. Yeah. Or like the other example I know from a lot of like, you know, typical roost people and mm. like school kids is they'll go into engineering because that's a classic sort of like, um, I don't know. It's like it, it looks like a safe bet for like a, a decent high yeah, yeah, yeah. STEM, STEM play. You know, yeah. everyone demands STEM jobs. You know, this this looks safe, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I think um, I don't know. Engineering is quite tough. I think depending on which sector you go in, and yeah. I I know a lot more people who find a lot more fulfillment if they go to something that's like it's still STEM, but it's like a bit less like hardcore in the sense like hmm. comm sci is a good option. Yeah. Switch up to comm sci, data science. Um, those sorts of pathways I found, at least the people who've done it, it's always like they do engineering first, then move out to that. And yeah. it seems it seems a lot better for them. And I think that's very similar to sort of your example of sort of actuarial versus commerce. Um, you can just go to a degree that on paper maybe doesn't look as good, but it's it's just about like your own skills and, and what you do with it. Right? Yeah, well, I think identifying your circle of competence, mm. like knowing like what you're good at yeah. and not overstepping that. For me, it was like, I was good. At, I was okay at maths, I would say. You know, yeah. like, I was like, probably like 20th or 30th in, in NSB doing maths, but I wasn't like first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, no, there's going to be multitudes of friends and, and peers that am I, even just my school alone, but heck, even in the broader community mm. of other schools yeah. that would just be way better than me at maths. Yeah. <clears throat> and yeah, is that the kind of fight I want to have? No, probably not, you know, like, I think, yeah. I, and I think that's also one of the things that you, I, I, I think I've learned is knowing, knowing uh, how to pick my battles. Yeah. Yeah. And knowing, yeah, to stick in the battles where your circle of competence is better than everyone else. Mm. Now, that's uh, what I would encourage people to uh, think seriously about. It's a good way, actually, of also framing uh, your goals yeah. in the future. Is one way to think about it is, well, what am I actually good at? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and what sets me apart from other people? Mm. Um, I think those kinds of questions are really helpful questions to help you think about yeah like informing you of yeah what goals should you then have yeah, knowing yeah. that these are the skills that you have and yeah how can i best help the world and serve the community yeah, yeah. that's really interesting you said was that your <clears throat> competence circle circle, circle, of circle of competence yeah. that's a really interesting idea in the sense that like um i think i think we have to be subtle about how we say this i guess but it's like instead of playing at like your absolute limit of your ability if you take a step down the sort of the new sort of the pond that you're in if you're like comfortably better than a lot of the people in it you could probably be a lot more successful in that yeah and obviously i guess we're not saying do the easiest thing possible but like no no there's, no, not that, there's but... a lot of that sweet spot in there yeah um and even just the link that to some of the personal things that i think about and i like to tell my students this is why i tell students if you're actually really keen for it and, and you think you'd be good at it i think teaching is a great pathway where like hmm. you will objectively be way better than most people in that in that pathway. If you're like a classic high achieving sector school kid and you have decent communication skills, you're gonna be like well ahead of the curve. Yeah. But like if you like if you wanna be fulfilled, if you wanna be able to take the leadership roles hmm. and fight for the big ones and make a lot of change at say a certain school, you have the skills to do that because you're so much better than everyone else and you can find a lot of fulfillment and probably a decent amount of reward. Yeah. Um, in doing that, that's that's what I would like to I hope some of my students think about it in the future. Um, that makes teaching a bit more viable. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if we want to go down that rabbit hole of thinking about, you know, why don't teach? Why aren't there more teachers? Oh, yeah, classic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's there's a lot of reasons why, but um, 
you know, it's, yeah, like, like I do agree with a lot of what you said. It's, um, yeah, it's, it, it, it's definitely a field where uh, I think it's often very neglected. But I think there's actually a lot of people with a circle of confidence for it. Mm. Uh, but they just decide not to do it for a multitude of reasons. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I would really love to see, you know, more teachers. I certainly, you know, yeah, for sure. second that, you know, not just because <laughs> I'm invested in a high school, but, you know, also because I think I genuinely believe <clears throat> when you think about the leading indicators of, you know, rising empires and falling empires, one of the first leading indicators of a rising empire is education ability. Mm. <clears throat> when you think about the different empires of the last few centuries, you think about the, the Dutch empire, uh, who you know, catalyzed the idea of a stock market? Right, I see. Yeah, it was the, it was the Dutch, uh, the it was a Royal Dutch Shipment Company, uh, and that was a really like crazy idea at the time, right. back in the 1600s. Um, <clears throat> and then if you think about like the 1700s and the 1800s, you had you know, the, the 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 British with the Industrial Revolution. That was that was incredible, mm. you know, incredible innovation. Yeah, yeah. Um, required a lot of intelligence to get there, um, but yeah. That obviously brought the next empire. And then what about the Americans? You know, incredible military power. Mm. You know, uh, and, you know, of, of course, you know, not discounting the fact that they too were also very clever in terms of the idea of capitalism. Um, but then they became a great empire. Yeah. Um, and in a lot of ways, you can argue even China now. Mm. Uh, you know, very hard workers, very smart kids who come yeah. out of there um, and perhaps probably bring in forth, you know, the Chinese empire that's, <laughs> that's coming. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, not here to talk about anything political, but I'm just saying, like, education is always at the forefront yeah. of leading a future empire. Um, yeah. So, yeah, never discount it. <laughs> it's, yeah. A, it's a very key leading indicator, and that's why you need more teachers.